Let's give our praise to Heavenly Father because of who He is. He's amazing and powerful and strong. And man, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're looking for a church that is passionate about the Lord and the Holy Spirit and, and our community, you found it. I mean, we, are, we wanna see life change in our community. We want God to use us in powerful ways. And I love worshiping, I love singing, and I'm not a great singer, but it don't matter. You can't hear me up here. So I can get after it and it don't matter. But man, I, I am so glad that you guys are here. If you're here in the sanctuary with us in person, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. If you're watching online, thank you so much uh, for watching on whatever device you're watching. And, and so this is week two for us in a series called Winning the War in Your Mind. And, and this whole entire series is based on a book written by Pastor Craig Groeschel from Life Church. Uh, and, and man, I'll tell you what, if you are not reading this book along with us, you need to. Uh, I know when I, I downloaded the book on Audible and I just listened to it while I was working out and man, there are some incredible principles. I liked it so much that we, we, I made sure we made it into a series. And so if you're not tracking with us, you need to. Uh, I just would encourage you to do that. And, and so if you weren't here last week, last week was week one, Pastor Nicole did an amazing job launching it, uh, the series and laying some groundwork with where we're headed. And so today I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take week two. And so this whole idea uh, for today is taking our mind back. And one of the things that you'll notice is week one, it like laid the foundation, week two will build on that. So you can't miss like next week and the following week because they're all going to build on each other. Today is going to be very, very practical. You know, it's just, I don't want it to give these, you know, deep spiritual things and incredible principles from, from the book and from scripture and just kind of send you on your way. I believe that we've got to take this and put it into practice. And so today is going to be very practical. And so I just, I need you to step into that and recognize that we all have a thought pattern. We have a way that we think and it's a particular way and it might not be the best way. It might not be God's way for us in the way that we think. In fact, in a, in a scripture in Romans 12 too, this might be kind of the theme verse for this series. It says, don't cap copy the patterns, uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so there's a transformation that's got to take place. Right? We understand transformation, it's changing, it's adapting, there has to be this changing. And so there's, you know, there's some things that I could, could share with you, just some imagery, right? Imagine a, a butterfly, right? When we look at a butterfly, we're like, oh, wow, it's so pretty, so nice. You know, it flutters across the sky and, and, and we, whenever we see them, we love to see them, it's really neat. But the butterfly started as this nasty, ugly caterpillar, right? This worm, it was a worm and it was, you know, eating all the leaves on my bushes at my house. And I'm like, what's up with that? And then what happens is it goes through a transformation and that's the chrysalis. The caterpillar enters into the chrysalis and everything changes. It literally morphs and changes and transforms inside of there and comes out a new creature, which is a, a beautiful imagery for us you know, in renewing our mind and certainly spiritually. I know like butterflies are really cute and pretty. If, if, so if, you're, if you needed something a little bit more masculine, uh, then to me it's that, you know, it's the lion cub, 
that, that continues to grow to the king of the jungle, right? So, you know, because I, I just was thinking, I was like, you know, I probably wouldn't get a tattoo of a butterfly on my shoulder, but I might get a lion, you know? So just, you know, just imagine, right? That's, that's kind of the transformation that takes place, right? It's from, from small, from insignificant, from, from different to, to now renewed and restored. And so I believe that through this series, through this message today, that God is gonna transform the way that we think. So will y'all pray with me? Uh, so Lord God, we come before you and, and God, we recognize that, that there are times in our life that you put resources and people, but God, you give us services and, and wisdom and church and groups and friends. And so Lord, right now I ask that you would communicate. Lord, would you begin this transformation process in our mind um, the, the areas of our life that we're not thinking appropriately or, or we're, we're believing lies, God, would you just speak to us, to our spirit, Lord? We make ourselves available to you and only to you during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So I don't know about you, but I, I at times make irrational and dumb decisions. Like I, I just, I have, you know, these things that I want, these things that I want to do. And sometimes I just, I, I man, I, I just pick the wrong thing in the wrong way. And, and so I asked, you know, my, my sons and, and my wife and the staff, I was like, what are some of the irrational things that I do? And they all laughed. They, they're like, this is going to be great. And so I won't share all of them with you because thankfully it wasn't too long of a list. But one of the things that they all said right out of the gate was, bro, like you are very controlling when it comes to the air conditioning temperature. And I'm like, yes, I am. They're going, no, like irrationally, you just, you know, you're kind of militant about that. And I am like, I, that I am in charge of the AC. Like, I, like if you're a dude and you're in your house, you're like, like you, I hope that you know what I'm talking about. It's, don't touch, don't touch the up and down button. Like that's mine. Don't mess with the pad, the programming. I got it all programmed. Leave it alone. It doesn't need your attention. I got it. You know, so, but we all, like we all have different things that we think about that are irrational and, and we're obsessive about. And, and so I don't know what it is for you, but I need you to begin the process right now to begin to think about those. What are those? Because we believe irrational things. We have, we have a misunderstanding with certain aspects and we make decisions that just don't make any sense. I mean, just a couple of random examples. I know sometimes I talk to people and people go, oh, you know, I wanna be more loving, I wanna be more kind, I wanna be nice, but when I get frustrated and angry, I yell at people, I'm mad, I'm, I'm negatively sarcastic. And, and so it's, it's almost like we do what we don't wanna do. Or maybe if it's financially, you wanna save money, but then when you're scrolling online, you're like, but I gotta have it and it comes so fast. And so you spend money when actually you're wanting to pay down debt or put money into savings or, or maybe it's spiritual. Maybe you make irrational decisions regarding your spiritual life where you, you're going, I wanna trust God more. I wanna believe, I wanna have boldness, I wanna have faith. But when it comes against it, when, when things come against you, you just, you find yourself deviating or, or getting off track and falling in this pattern of worry or mistrust or doubt when it comes to the Lord. It's kind of this understanding that we wanna do one thing, but we do another. And so why? I, I don't wanna just point out some of those things in my life or have you do it in yours, 
But the question is why? So can we get to the root of what it is and identify it and experience a transformation? And the answer is absolutely yes. I believe with God's help that we can do that and we're gonna experience that today. Because there's a possibility that you've seen kind of this visual aid before, right? So if we understand God and who he is, right? God is in heaven, he's amazing. He sends Jesus, Jesus dies on the cross. He gives us a pathway to connect with heaven. And then, you know, Jesus is like, all right, I'm gonna give you this extension cord from, from heaven. And, and this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power. And so he's like, all right, now plug in to the power. And so we go, well, how do I do that? So this is you and I, right? You and I are the receptacle, we're the outlet. If the Holy Spirit is the extension cord and the power, what we've gotta do is we've gotta be willing to plug ourselves into that, right? It makes sense. But unfortunately, what has happened in our life is the wires in our brain have gotten crossed and crisscrossed and tangled. And so instead of being straight and receiving the power and it being implemented in our life in the appropriate fashion, it gets crisscrossed and twisted. And so this happens in a number of different ways. It happens because of the experiences that we've gone through. Maybe we went through some abuse or some trauma or a struggle or a difficulty. We have an experience that really tore us apart. And, and, and so what happened is as a result, we developed a pattern of thinking that is now crisscrossed. And so just to kind of let you into the psychology of all this, when we have new experiences, our brain creates a new path. Like that, that's how it works when, when we have new experiences. And so when that happens, our brain uh, creates neuropathways, right? And, and, and so like that's constantly happening in our life. I'll give you just some, some random examples. And so like, let's say there's, you have a baby, maybe it's your baby, somebody else's baby. We've all experienced this. The baby's there and it kind of like, it, it, it smiles, right? You're like touching it, you're going, oh, it's a cute baby. And you know, and it smiles. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, it smiled at me. And like so cute, I love it. And so the baby was responding to you, it smiled and then it saw your reaction back. And so literally it's creating a, a, a frame of thinking, the neural pathway where the baby then goes, when I smile and I get a positive response, I like that, so smiling must be good. We learn that in our infancy, you know, when people react and respond that way. Uh, if a child reaches and touches a hot stove, they might, they might not know anything about a stove, but when they touch the burner and it's hot, they pull away and there's pain in their hand, there's a burn. So mentally they go, whoa, a hot stove is dangerous. It hurts, it causes pain in my life. Maybe you have a toddler and they want to have a lollipop. And they go, they come up to you and they say, you know, can I have a lollipop? And you go, no. You can't have a lollipop, it's, it's too early for dinner. And then, forgive me for this, but they throw themselves down and they're like, oh, I gotta have a lollipop, you know? And, and they're whining and throwing a tantrum and going crazy. And what do you and I do? All right, all right, all right, here's the lollipop. And so what is happening in the neural pathways in that toddler? When I want a lollipop and I hear the word no, I whine and then I get what I want. That's parenting 101 right there, baby. <laughs> right? 
So they learn. They learn how to get what they want. And here's the deal. You and I are the same way. We have, we've, we've formed these patterns of thinking in our, in our brain and we create these neural pathways. And so the, the reality is the more frequently that we think that same thought, the more, uh, the more in, like consistent that thought life is in our, that happens. So it's easier for us to think that again and again repeatedly. And so when it's good, that's awesome. Like when it's the truth of God's word and our, and our thoughts are in alignment with God's word, that's a wonderful thing. But the problem is, what, what, what happens when it's not? Like when it's crisscrossed and we're actually believing the lies that the devil puts in our brain. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna battle. Like we're gonna win the war, we're gonna, we're gonna battle, we're gonna wage war on, the, on our thought process. We're gonna battle against the enemy. We're gonna battle in our mind and our thoughts and so there, there's some verses, they, these were used last week and they are just so consistent with what we've got to have. It's 2 Corinthians 10, verse three, it says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So when you talk about winning the war in your mind and you talk about battling the lies of the enemy, look at all the, the, the terminology in those verses. They're all military terms. I mean, so we're talking about strongholds, we're talking about destruction, we're talking about uh, rebellion, we're talking about capturing. I mean, there are, there's a war. There's a war in our mind. There's a battle that's taking place. And so I believe that God is gonna give us victory in that war, in that battlefield in our minds. So what we've got to do is we have to, we have to knock down the strongholds. We have to define, you know, the false arguments and, and recognize when they're lying and they're, and they're not true. So why though? Like why, why are we at this place? And so why do our thoughts matter? And it's because our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. That's just reality. So when it comes to our mind, oftentimes, we also then will see it in our life because it begins as a thought and then we put it into action. Now, this isn't like Gnosticism and stuff. Like it's actually a tactic that, that Satan uses. And, and what he's doing is he's trying to keep us from God's perfect will. God has a design, a will, a purpose for us. And so the enemy wants to keep us crisscrossed and tangled up and in a mess so that we can't have that. And so in the practical side of this message, I need you right now, to identify the lies that you allow the devil to put in your brain or in your heart or in your life, and you believe them. He says them to you and, you, and he's tricked you and, and, and you've even maybe convinced yourself. And what happens is we've allowed those mistruths to define us, to direct us, and we've allowed them to create a rut in our thought pattern. And so here's what I wanna, want you to do. There's a process to bring this change in our life. And so this is very practical and I would love it if you joined in with me. So here in the auditorium, it's possible you had a piece of paper with you on, on, and, and a pen on your, on, your, on your chair. If you're watching online, you can grab a notepad. If you wanna use a device, use, your, use a tablet, any device, your phone and type stuff in. So what I want you to do is number one, I want you to write it. You've got like, we've gotta write it down. What are those things in our head? What stronghold is Satan using and it's imprisoning us. 
Uh, he's paralyzing us. He's making us feel captive. And he, so what we've got to do is we have to identify where our wires are being crossed. And so I'll share openly for me first, and, and then I'll walk through a, a few examples with you. But I know for me, uh, I, I'll share two of them with you. The, the first is the fear of rejection. So <laughs> I don't like to be rejected. I want people to like me. Like, is that so bad? No, it's not. But what happens is I'll, I'll do things to try and make sure that people like me. And then when, if I don't think that you do like me, then I change and adapt or I try and do anything that I can so that you will. So your perception of me becomes more important to me than what my heavenly father thinks. I'm afraid of being rejected by you. That's a lot. Any type of fear like that, other than fear of the Lord is one that the enemy will use against us. So I'm afraid of being rejected. The second one that I know I've you know, been processing and working through is the fear of failure. Because I'm an overachiever, right? I, I work hard, I press hard, and I'm constantly pushing myself. I, I'm constantly pushing the people around me. And so when I fail or when I, when I disappoint or when, I, when, I, when it's a subpar performance, I'm like, oh, I stink, I'm terrible, I'm no good. That's not true. Like, why do I think it's the negative thing and I allow my insecurities to rise up instead of allowing that moment? My first thought is, is rarely, God, what are you doing in the midst of this situation? That should be my first thought, but I, I unfortunately believe the lie and I go, I, I just, I won't be able to do it. There's no way and when, when I face a, a trial or a difficulty or a struggle. So let me just share some others with you. And I need you to write this down. Like, this is real. This is like, you've got to go out with, with ink on the paper or, or, or notes on your phone. So maybe it's, maybe it's financial. Maybe you are believing the lie when you look at your finances and you say, we're never going to get out of debt. I'll never be out of debt. Student loan debt, consumer debt, mortgage, car loans. I, we're never, we will always have debt. That's a lie. That's a lie, but are you allowing yourself to believe that? Maybe it's related to an addiction. Maybe you, you've tried to break free from your addiction and you go, I, I guess it's just gonna kind of be part of my life. I guess I'll always have it and I'll never be able to break free from it. That's a lie, it's absolutely not true. Maybe it's regarding your health. You're going, I'll never be able to be healthy. I'll never be able to feel close to God. He knows my past and my shame and my guilt. I'll never be able to have a great relationship with him or, or find my purpose, I won't ever be able to attain that. So it might be something like that, or maybe if you're a single person or you're divorced, you're, you're relating that to marriage and you want to get married, you go, I get, but I, I probably, I might not ever find that person, you know, for me. So what we're gonna do is you're gonna write it down, identify it, and then we're gonna lean into this process where the Lord renews our mind. Uh, I, I believe that he wants to do that and I know that he can do that. So I need, I need all of us together to, to lean in and do this. So when we identify the lie, right? The thing that's bad that the enemy is using against us to hold us down, the, what we need to do is, is to oppose it. So we refute it with the truth. Right, the truth of God's word, the truth of what the Lord declares over us and who we are. And so the second thing that we've gotta do is we've gotta think about that. So we write down the lie and we start thinking about the thing that's positive. And so this is what happens when we understand where we can start training our mind to think those positive godly thoughts that are from heaven. Because we can have those, right? Because when, when we have the thoughts, they initiate the actions in our life. 
And so they come from this verse, Philippians chapter four, verse eight. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is absolutely related to our mind, our thought process, battling the lies, focusing on the things that are are of the Lord. And so what this is, is this is meditating, meditating on, on the things that are righteous, meditating on the nature and the character of our heavenly father, right? Instead of focusing on the lie or our insignificance uh, or our struggles and insecurities, we focus on the Lord and who he is and what he's doing. And so we begin to meditate, you know? And so sometimes meditation is, is used in like new age or Eastern type religions, but it doesn't have to be only focused on those. It's actually something that's in scripture. So it's actually something that God came up for us so, because when you look at the definition of, of meditation, it's to engage in a mental exercise so that we can focus our thoughts. So we're, we're literally thinking and processing so that we can remain focused. And it's in scripture, right? So in Psalm 119 verse 15, it says this, I will study, like I'll study your commandments and I'll reflect on your ways. What is that? That's meditation. I'm studying, I'm reading, I'm thinking, I'm pondering, I'm processing. Well, what about this one in, in Psalm 143, right? We're focusing our mind on God's truth and then we're gonna remember the days of old. I ponder all of your great works and I think about what you have done. That's meditating. When you think about your past, oftentimes we go, oh, we think of the bad things that we've done. Why is that? I believe that because the enemy's trying to keep us crisscrossed, all messed up. Well, what if we thought about our past in regards to the things that the Lord has done? Like what has God done in your past that is significant and awesome and amazing? So we can ponder those things in our past and we go, wow, like God has actually done some stuff for me. So we focus on those things and we meditate on his goodness and his character. Because like Eastern religions, they'll say to empty your mind, you know, when you meditate, I actually believe the opposite. I believe that in Christianity, that we fill our mind. We fill our mind with the truth of God's word. We fill our mind with his promises, the things that he declares over us. And so what we're doing is we're training. We're training our mind to have these type of, types of thoughts and to focus on them. So we're pushing out the lies and we're now focusing on the truth of God's word. But focus is a challenge, isn't it? Because a mind that gives attention to distractions is unable to give focus to the goal ahead. Now, I have as much focus as a squirrel. I don't know if you've ever seen a squirrel that stands still, I haven't, never have. They're, they're constantly scurrying, running around. That's me, like I just, I get distracted by everything all the time, I mean, and so I'll, I'll be praying and I'll, I'll, be, I'll begin getting distracted on other things that I've got to do on my calendar and my task list. And I'll, be, I'll get distracted in meetings. You know, we're walking through an agenda or whatever. I get distracted in meetings that I'm leading. Like even the ones that I'm in charge of, I'll, my mind just goes in 8 million different places. And, and so what happens unfortunately at times is I lose focus, I get distracted. And where I really start to have problems is when I'm dwelling on the things that are not of the Lord. 
So I'm not talking about, hey, I gotta get my oil changed in my truck. I'm talking about when the enemy creeps in and he's speaking into my ear and getting into my head and I'm now allowing my concentration to be pulled to, to one side or the other, because why? Because God wants me to be in alignment with what, with what strong principles in the book, uncrossing the wires in our brain. That's why I wanted to use a visual aid so we could see it and remember it. But it takes practice. So it, this, this is going to cause, it's gonna force us to be diligent and determined. And so what, the first step is to recognize when we're believing the lies. That's why I had you write them down. If you have it, you need to participate. Because so we've got to identify them, write them down and acknowledge that. And then we decide to, that we're gonna change our thought process, we're gonna transform and we're gonna unlearn the lies, right? We're gonna untangle and we're gonna replace them with the truth. And what that is, is that's creating a new pattern of thinking. Our neural pathways can be realigned to think godly thoughts. It's reality, we can have this. And then the third thing we're gonna do is we're gonna confess it. I believe there's something so significant about not only just believing it, but speaking it out in our mouth uh, because I, I feel like that activates our faith inside our spiritual aspect of who we are. And so where are the strongholds in your life? So I, maybe, maybe it's one particular thing uh, maybe it's you won't you don't feel like you'll ever know God's will for your life. You go, I'll, I'll just I'll never know what it is. So what we do is we write that down. You know, we're going to think about it, process, write it down, acknowledge it, and then what we're going to do is we're going to confess the opposite. So if, if your lie is I'll never know God's will, what we're going to begin confessing is to say, my life belongs to the Lord. My, 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 everything that I do is his. He leads me and guides me in every path, in every form, in every fashion. He wants to order my steps and I'm going to follow after him because of who he is. And he says in his word that I can know his perfect will for my life. That's the confession. So pushing the lie aside, establishing the, the confession that we want and desire. Maybe it's for you, related to lustful thoughts. Maybe one of the, the wars, the battles in your mind is, is you move towards lustful thinking. And, and so we've got to confess the opposite where we say, God, I am not held back and, and held down by those lustful thoughts anymore. I'm not a slave to those thoughts. In fact, God, you've set me free in my mind to think godly thoughts, to think pure thoughts, to think things that are holy because my, my mind can be holy. My mind, I can have the mind of Christ. My body can be pure. And so Lord, I wanna honor you with my eyes. I wanna honor you with my thoughts instead of them moving towards lustful things because God, you're faithful. And when I'm facing that temptation, you'll give me a way out. You'll give me the ability to operate in my spirit and extend self-control and think pure thoughts instead of impure ones like I have before. Before, before, no more. We're moving forward, we're changing. Maybe one of the strongholds uh, for, for us is finding comfort in food. It's a very common thing. Mine's ice cream and pizza. Like, I don't know what it is for you, but you know, we find comfort in food. And so when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling fearful and worried and you go, oh, I, I, I really wanna eat and whatever it is, 
you say, no, 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 the enemy is using that against you. And so you can push that aside and you say, God, I'm stressed right now and I'm dealing with this and I'm facing it, but I, I want to have your thoughts. I want to trust in you more. Lord, would you take that stress and cause it to dissipate? Lord, right now I believe and I trust in you and who you are. I push my fears aside and I wanna activate my faith that I could know you more because you are all that I need. I don't need that particular food item. You're all I need. And it says in your word that you will satisfy every need in my life. And so I'm looking towards you for strength and stability in this time of stress. So maybe you battle worry. I, I, I'm dealing today. I hope you're ready. I hope you're writing it down. So maybe you're battling worry and, and that's just, you constantly are, are struggling with anxiety. And so I believe the confession is, God, you know my anxious thoughts. It's biblical. It's scriptural. Look it up. Type in Google, my anxious thoughts, like in a scripture will pop up. So God, you know my anxious thoughts, but I'm not held down any longer by the fear that, that I've, I've, I've been a prisoner of before. So right now, God, I cast all my cares towards you, all my worries, all my fears, I lay at your feet. And Lord, would you put the peace that passes all understanding into my mind and in my heart right now? That's scripture. We're proclaiming God's word and who he is. And so what that is, is literally we create new neural pathways in our brain. That's reality. You can look it up. So what we're doing is we're renewing our mind with God's word and the truth because our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Always moving in that direction. So if we're unable to control what we think, then I would say, the direction that we may be heading doesn't give us the results that we desire. But with God's help and the power of the Holy Spirit, when we struggle, we find strength in Him, when we're reliant upon Him. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take back our mind and we're gonna meditate on the truth. So we're gonna write it, we're gonna think it, we're gonna confess it, until when? Until number four until we believe it. Like, so, so it's a process, it's practice, it's continual. And so we've got to believe it. So, you know, I was trying to think of the best way to end this message and like, it's super practical. And I was like, man, God, I, I'm believing for something big in all of our lives. And so what, in just a moment, I'm gonna have you stand up and we're actually gonna read off of the screen. And so we're gonna read these declarations uh, and they're all biblical, they're all based on scripture. And so we're just gonna confess them out loud and we're gonna let them saturate our mind, our soul, our being, all that we are until we actually believe them. Because when we're in Christ, he gives us the ability to have this and live differently. So if you guys would do me a favor here in the sanctuary, please stand up. And if you're watching online, you can participate too. I don't know if you're, you're in a quiet place, but man, you can say them softly, say them loudly, but these, this is, these are things that we need in our life, so I'm, we're all gonna read this together. Like, the, I, I believe there's something significant about saying it out of our mouth, right? So let's all read this together, ready? I am strong and mighty. I have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of me. I am a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. I am not my past. I am not what I did. I am who God says I am. He says that I'm forgiven. 
He says that I am redeemed. He says I am free. I am not a hostage of my unhealthy thoughts. The weapons I fight with are not weapons of this world. I have divine power to demolish strongholds. I have the mind of Christ directing my thoughts. I have the word of God guiding my steps. Worry is not my master. I trust in God. His peace guards my heart. He guards my mind and guards my soul in Christ Jesus. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. The Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. I am not a slave to my habits. I am not a prisoner to an addiction. I have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. God will bless me abundantly so that in all things and at all times, I will have all that I need. Nothing can separate me from God's love, not death, not demons, not the present or the past. No power on earth will ever separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can y'all give God some praise? Sunday and we will see you next week.